Hello and welcome to Basics of Literature-Based Homeschooling. Today I have with me Amy Lykosh. Amy is a second-generation Sunlight homeschooler. She is the oldest daughter of Sarita and John. She is currently homeschooling her five boys, the oldest being 18, so she's been doing this for a while. She is also, you will see Amy online, maybe you saw her in the forums, maybe you see her on our Sunlight groups, but she is out there spreading her passions about literature-based learning, and today she's here to talk about the basics. Hi, Amy, thanks for joining. Hello. Let's get started. Let's talk about the different types of homeschooling. So it is really fun to me to see the different types. So the first type is basically to take school and bring it to your home. So this type of homeschooling uses a lot of workbooks and textbooks, and that can feel really comforting because it's what a lot of us grew up doing. And it's also sort of fun because there's a set amount of work that you do, and when you've gotten through your problems, then you're just done for the day. I guess the problem with doing that sort of schooling is if you're just going to do something that the school is doing, then why not? Why would you do that? Isn't it better to be able to take advantage of the wonderful things that we have to offer as a homeschooling parent? And so, um, you know, rather than use the, the school scenario, let's really take advantage of what we have at home. And another type of homeschooling is the classical model. And with that, a lot of the students learn a lot of Latin um, that is based on the principles of, I, well, several people, but one of them, Dorothy Sayers, wrote a really famous essay. And that progression goes from, uh, they teach a lot of memorization, wrote memorization in the early years. And then around middle school, they teach you how to argue because they figure, huh, middle schoolers are kind of argumentative anyway, so why not go with the flow? And then in high school, that is where you start to really um, put everything together. And that seems really logical and quite interesting. I guess for me, the downside of that is I want my children to be able to read and enjoy the beautiful books that are available to them, even when they're five and six. I don't want to spend my whole day just doing rote memorization because I could be reading fun books with them instead. And so that brings me to my personal favorite method of education, which is the literature-rich homeschooling education. And with this, you get to enjoy books with your children. So books that are really good for you and books that are good for them. So it's super interesting, both for the parents and the children, which that's great. Then the parents don't get to the end of the year feeling kind of burnt out and tired. Instead, they've just been satisfying their soul the whole time. And you also, as a parent, have the opportunity to share your beliefs with your children. So when you're reading something, then you can actually talk about it and say, why did this character make this choice? Maybe this wasn't the best choice. How could we have done something differently? And so what I really appreciate about it is that every family is a little bit different, but with a homeschooling education where it's based on literature, then every family gets to contribute their own specific beliefs and their own understandings. And so it really becomes a special method of education that is tailored specifically to you. Absolutely. So you use sunlight. What does a day in the life with literature-based learning look like for you? Well, it's a good point to say, what does it look like for me? Because it looks different for every family, I am sure. But for me, 
I have older children at this point. My youngest is six and he's the youngest by five years. So most of my children are now approaching the um, the teenage years. And so when I was younger, my days did not look like this. But at this point, I get up and I have a few hours where I can pursue my own um, passion projects, whether that be writing or reading or learning. And then I get breakfast with everybody. And then we do our schoolwork from, usually we get started 9.30 or 10. And then we do our schoolwork until maybe two or three um, with lunch thrown in there and occasional breaks because going straight through would be really a long time to just be focused. Um, then when that's done, my boys do not want to see me again. They are like, if we see mom, she might give us more to do. So we are very motivated to go and pursue our own interests. And so that's good for me. That's when I can work on my sunlight work. And then at some point we do dinner. And honestly, I don't always make dinner. So don't think I'm like superwoman. We sometimes just fend for ourselves a lot of the time, actually. Um, and then at some point I read to my youngest and then the boys go to bed at their bedtimes. And I usually work a little bit more in the evenings as well because it's good quiet time and I can focus. So that's my day, but every family is different. There are families who get up and they start their school day at six because they're just super motivated like that. So if that's you, that's fantastic. That's totally not me. <laughs> but there's other families who don't get started with their day until 6 p.m., either because of a swing shift or for whatever reason. That is totally fine, too. So whatever works for your family. That's perfect. It's so true. With sunlight, we always say we are scheduled, but it's flexible enough to fit any family's needs. So it's so true. What do you love about sunlight? Well, I... I mean, everything. Um, I really appreciate that I don't have to plan. I so appreciate that I could just open the schedule and then I truly don't think about what I'm doing until it's time to do it. Then I look at my schedule and I see what I'm doing and we get started. I also appreciate that I have the flexibility to do the schedule in any order. So some days we feel like doing science first. And when we say we, I mean me, because I'm the one who gets to dictate, but uh, some days we do Bible first. Some days we finish up the reading that we didn't quite get to yesterday. It's totally fine. It's all flexible. But for me, I think that, well, one of the things that I love truly like deep in my heart, I love it when my boys laugh like belly laugh chuckle over the things that we've just read. And for me, I kind of know when they're coming because this is not my first time through any of these books. And so it's just sort of fun to be able to watch and see. And it's fun to have the older boys come in and be like, oh yes, I remember that book. I think that's awesome. And then it's also for me, just very beautiful. The books that we read are so good. Um, it really feels like I get to spend a couple hours a day with my boys doing things that are really fun and satisfying for all of us. Great. So everything is scheduled with sunlight, like I mentioned. How long does it actually take, do you think, for all of your boys, since they're all a variety of ages? Like how long does it take them to do their schoolwork? Yeah. Um, it does vary quite a bit. And because they all have flexible schedules and they... Um, they don't all get started at the same time and they kind of mix up what they do and what they don't do. I would say in general, the catalog recommendations or suggestions are fairly accurate. And so I would assume that that's about how long it takes <laughs> all of them. <laughs> what do you do with young children, like toddlers? 
when you're trying to homeschool some of the older kids? This is a great question. And so I think, again, every family probably has slightly different mechanisms. Um, my youngest were never super um, energetic. They, they weren't babies who were bouncing off the walls. So um, for me, I usually put them in a carrier and just either would pace while I read to the older boys or um, when they would get old enough that they didn't want to do that anymore, I would try to find some little activity for them to do on the floor, whether it would be um, little cars, because I have boys, um, Duplos, uh, little, little people would be another option. They had access to board books, but I always tried to keep them in the same room with me because I felt like they're still then hearing all of those words. And we know from uh, different experts that the more words that a child can hear, the better their uh, readiness for school and the better their um, overall, I guess, just scholastic ability. So that's, um, I wanted to be able to get those words in. And for me, I was never super concerned about the more um, mature topics. I figured for a two-year-old, they really don't know a whole lot about World War II. And so if I was reading about World War II and younger ones were listening in, I just went with it and didn't try to, you know, shield them or anything like that. Um, so I know those for some families, if they have really energetic children, um, they will oftentimes try to do the homeschooling, especially the, um, the table subjects, the ones that require more intense skill-based learning. Um, they will try to do those while a baby is down for a nap. Um, they, I think some of the other possibilities are to yeah, reserve the read-alouds until the evening and do that kind of while everybody is winding down for the night. Um, but mostly, I think my encouragement to you is if you have a younger child, just let them be a part of your day. It is uh, fun for the whole family. And if the reading takes a little bit longer because you have to periodically um, go corral a child, that's actually just part of life. That's part of the process of learning. And if you think about it, if a child was in school, they would be... And the, the teachers are dealing with distractions of their own, whether it be children needing to go to the bathroom or um, just different comments that are a little bit out of left field, which as a homeschooling parent, you're going to find those for your own self too. But those distractions, that's just part of the game. Great. Thank you. Can you help answer how literature-based learning sometimes can help with children that might have behavioral issues? That's an interesting question. So I think some of it is allowing the children to sit and listen a little bit longer and to start gaining the ability to be focused for um, a longer time. Some of it is also allowing a child to see that not everybody is exactly like they are. Um, it's easy for me, even to this day, to forget that other people actually think in different ways and they have a different perspective on the world and they interact with people in different ways. And one of the beautiful things about literature is that it is one of the shortcuts to being able to teach empathy. And they, um, different experts have done studies on this to see how is it that reading fiction can help um, a child or an adult to be able to understand the way other people work and the way they function, the way they think, the way they process. And that, that is one of the beauties of literature is that it absolutely can do that. And with Sunlight, we um, have our schedules have questions so you can really create conversations about those characters too. 
which is good. So how does sunlight help children develop a love for learning? We say that all the time. In your um, experience, how does that work? Well, one of the best things about sunlight is that because it's fun, but it's also learning, uh, I think it makes children feel like, oh, I actually could go and learn about what I want to learn about. And so um, whether, uh, I, I'm trying to think of from my own family, some of the different examples, um, but one of my sons who tends more towards art, he um, figured out how to do animation and how to do um, claymation and he took different classes on how to use um, procreate and where he would come to me and he'd say I would like to know how to do this and then we can just find a class online for him to do that or um, one of my sons is really interested in coding and so he um, went through several different coding programs and at this point I think is a pretty good developer it's beyond me so I'm just assuming that he's good at it. But I think what's fun then is that they just have the opportunity to keep to keep learning. And you know, every once in a while, one of my sons will be listening to an audiobook. Um, my son Isaiah said this to me this last week. He was listening to the Wednesday Wars as part of his schoolwork. And he got about two thirds of the way through and he was like, Hey mom, you really like this book, don't you? And I said, Oh yeah, it's one of my absolute favorites of all time. And he was like, Yeah, I could see that. And so it was just kind of this fun little interaction that we had. But um, that's we always have audiobooks on hand also for the boys to listen to, not necessarily sunlight books, but just ones that I think, oh, somebody at some point might like to learn about this. And so those are always just available as part of a lifestyle of learning. And because the boys have enjoyed the books that they've read with sunlight, they do go and peruse the Audible library and figure out what they want to learn about next. So for, for parents who are just starting literature-based curriculums like sunlight, what advice do you have for them? So part of what we always want people to understand is that a sunlight education is really different than a school education. And so it doesn't look like what you would expect. There aren't tests. There is not, uh, you don't have to memorize things. This is not like a pressure. Are you going to get the right answer? Um, it's very different than that kind of an education. And so I feel like when parents start out with sunlight, they kind of have this question of like, okay, if we're going through sunlight B and we've learned about the pyramids, how much of this does my child have to have memorized? And that is a precious question. But if you think about it, how much do you remember from your eight-year-old self in history in school? Probably not a lot. And the reality is whether your children ever remember Menfi and Khufu and Meanies and um, anything like that. It really actually makes no difference to their lifelong success. But what is beautiful and what is helpful is that they have now pegs that they can learn uh, more easily in the future. Um, one of the interesting facts that I read at one point was talking about how if you learn something, if you imagine it as a little divot that was cut maybe 85 pixels deep in your brain, and so it's nice and firm in there, and then over time, the pixels get kind of worn away. And at some point, it kind of fades from memory. And you feel like, I just don't remember anything that I just learned. But what's fascinating is that it never actually goes back to zero. So maybe the groove in your brain is only maybe 15 pixels deep. But still, so if you're ever review that again, that groove is just 
more easy and more deep. And so with the sunlight education, that's what we want. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining me today and um, talking about the basics of literature-based oh, learning with sunlight. I totally appreciate it.